Hello, everybody, and welcome to the November 2nd, 2020 edition of Global Review. I'm your host, Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And if it sounds like I'm being quieter than normal, that's because some personal stuff has come up. Don't worry, though, guys. It's not like I'm sick or my family members are sick or anything. It's really mundane personal stuff. But it's still personal stuff, nonetheless. And it has caused me to have to record roughly six hours earlier than I normally do. Um... Again, though, don't worry, I'm not, like, I don't have COVID, no one I know has COVID or anything, it's just some personal stuff, okay? Really personal stuff, though, so I'm not going to tell you what it is. And so if I sound a lot quieter than normal, that's because I'm normally awake for several hours before I do this here. I've been awake for, like, one, not even one. Um, here is a story, though, from The Root that I absolutely thought was amazing, that I had to show you guys. Uh, drivers flying Trump flags surround Biden-Harris campaign vehicle on Texas Highway attempt to run bus off the road. After a year that seems that's seen white men increasingly using their vehicles to run into those whose politics they don't agree with, I guess I shouldn't surprise us that Similar vehicle violence is revving up in a little time before Election Day. But the caravan of Trump supporters who surrounded Biden-Harris campaign vehicles on a highway in Texas on Friday, nearly running a campaign bus off the road and striking at least one car driven by a Democratic volunteer, shows that we won't have to wait until November 3rd to see escalation of the madness already unfolding in this country. According to a report from the Texas Tribune, the highway intimidation incident was organized by a still unidentified Trumper seeking to troll Biden-Harris campaigners on a bus drive to San Antonio on the I-35. Video posted on social media shows a crowd of people driving a four-wheel truck with Trump flags blocking in a big Biden bus on the highway, which one of the drivers actually deliberately hit. And you know, I remember a few years ago, and mind you, this is still happening in some areas, when like BLM was doing minor traffic blocking. You might have to stop and take a few minutes to let them go by in order to block, in order to get to your location. It can still be quite damaging, depending on your career. Don't get me wrong, that don't mean to sound unsympathetic. Uh, and there was this huge deal, oh my god, they're blocking traffic, oh my god, this is... This is literally terrorism. I actually heard some people call it terrorism to, I guess, temporarily block traffic. Now, blocking traffic, to be absolutely clear, is rather bad. Uh, make no mistake. I remember I saw Mr. Medicare, uh, who some of you guys might know, even say that they should be allowed to just run over BLM protesters if... Uh, they are blocking traffic, which, you know what, I, I'm i personally not too fond of that idea, okay? I'll admit, I'll admit. Uh, this goes beyond just blocking traffic. This is intentionally trying to run a giant bus with, I assume, quite a few people on it off the road. Uh, to be blunt, I completely would support any attempt to run these people over. I know defending yourself against the Trumper, as Matthew Boloff learned, is basically the same as Osama bin Laden. Um, however, however, 
Still, it would be nice to actually see some good old law and order applied. You know what I mean? Y you know what I mean? Like, can we just have one of these times? Because this is, by the way, one of the main reasons why I have endorsed Biden. is Because I'm sick of seeing these people um, act like they're immune to law. Most notably because they are. We covered the militia man on InfoWars a while ago who said that he was going to shoot Democratic um, people going to the polls. And mind you, it's Texas. So it's not very many people, but it's still people nonetheless. And, like, these people are absolutely unhinged. And Doloff was a great example. That was someone who got mace sprayed in the face. But, oh, was mace technically a deadly weapon? Um, well, yes, actually, by the way, mace can be very lethal, especially if you have a breathing disorder of some kind. And by the way, if you don't want to have to worry about if the person you're spraying mace with has a breathing disorder, how about you don't spray mace at people for no reason? Like, it was still pointless. There was still no reason to do it. I was okay with that. He was doing something stupid. <laughs> I love that excuse so much. He was doing something stupid. Yeah, yeah, well, I think you're doing something stupid by defending that black kid who got shot by police. Doesn't mean that... You deserve to be killed. Uh, now, if you were spraying mace at Matthew Doloff, then yeah, you, you kind of did. You kind of did. Uh, but don't worry, by the way. This man does have one group of supporters. When Tony Polinski tweeted, New, very short statement from the FBI confirming that they are investigating incident involving Biden bus. Trump said, In my opinion, these patriots did nothing wrong. Um, again, they were trying to run a bus off off the highway that contained several people that would have probably killed a few, just so you guys know. And and by the way, I'm not saying this nobody's would change Trump's mind. I'm just letting you know how our president views human life, how pro-life of him. Instead, the FBI and justice shouldn't be investigating the terrorists, anarchists, and gators of Antifa. They They have been, by the way, like a lot. Who run around burning our Democratic-run cities, and they burn, like, a building or two. And hurting our people. Um, again, like a bus or something. And then, of course, the top reply is Ian Miles Chong, saying Antifa's a threat to our liberty, and then linking his own documentary. Or maybe it's not his. And Jack Polsodek's also doing that. There's a lot of people linking the same documentary. I think it's a documentary. Yeah, I, I just told you it was early morning, what can I say? Um, yeah, these people are unhinged, and they should not be allowed to have power, ever. And again, if this man gets a second term, we will see beheading in the street. We will see active damage to our nation. We will see active terrorist groups form, and they will all have the backing of the president, make no mistake. A vote for Trump is a vote for your community to be occupied by his supporters. That's why Rittenhouse was such a sticking point for these people. because He was what they wanted. That's why they spent so much time defending a kid with a gun, even when there was no reason to defend that kid with a gun, because he was a stupid kid with a gun, uh, <laughs> who drove 100 miles to defend himself somehow. Still not sure how that works. Um, so no, this is, yeah, we should be condemning this, and by the way, we should also be making it very clear that this is what Trump supporters are. This is what they're like. And if we give them four more years in office, um, 
then you know they are going to actively start beheading. Remember the guy who was setting bombs to Democratic politicians just before the midterms? That was only the start. We are going to see active Unabomber attempts. We're going to see active assassination attempts. Make no mistake, people. These people are entirely, unthinkably unhinged, okay? And if we don't let them win, or if we let them win again, they will become outright traitors. Anyway, I hear something from Newsweek. Bernie Sanders says Democratic Party has become party of coastal elites. Now, this was treated as, like, big news. When doesn't Bernie Sanders believe both parties are kind of the party of elites? Now, Bernie Sanders, the independent senator from Vermont, criticized the Democratic Party on Thursday, claiming it has become the, a party of coastal elites. Now, Sanders made the comments while appearing on Late Night with Seth Meyers, the host acknowledged the Democratic Party has gotten away from American working class over the years, to which Sanders nodded his head and agreed with. Well, he didn't even say it. Seth Meyers did. And Sanders just agreed with it, because that's how the media treats Bernie Sanders. Mind you, I'm not even a big Bernie Sanders guy. But, yeah, the way the media treats him has been ungodly unfair. Just look at this article, you don't believe me. Uh, if Democratic nominee Joe Biden wins the November 3rd election, Myers then asked what Biden should do to bring the Democratic Party back to serving the working people in the country. I think it's fair to say that in many ways the Democratic Party has become the party of the coastal elite, folks who have a lot of money, upper middle class people who are good people who believe in social justice in many respects. But I think for many, many years, Democratic parties paid no attention to the working class needs they should have. That's perfectly fair for a politician like Sanders to say, a politician who lives in, I think, Vermont's a relatively poor state. And it's also a relatively more economically liberal than socially liberal state, but it is still a liberal state. Now, yeah, that, that does make sense. And yeah, there has been a conceded effort within the Democratic Party to ignore the, vo to ignore the votes of white working class people and minorities and instead focus on social justice, and don't get me wrong, those are also issues that we should be talking about as a society, but at the same time, there are more white working class people than there are upper middle class people, and that should always be taken into account in your electoral strategy. And there has been a conceited effort by the Democratic Party to completely ignore the white working class entirely. There are people like Movie Bob, who you may see on Twitter, who basically says, oh, they're always going to betray us. Of course, being the progressive. So as I said, we shouldn't try and meet them halfway. We should just try and ignore them. Um, well, first off, that's impossible. You're going to lose. You're never going to get... You're at least never going to get the Senate. Probably also never going to get the presidency. Um, unless you start actively shooting people. Which I don't think that man would be against. But that's a different topic entirely. Yeah, Phil Roberto is someone who I don't talk about very often for a reason. He's just kind of a dick. And, like, not even the fun kind of dick. Uh, where he's kind of, like, interesting to talk about. Or the kind of dick who it's fun to get mad at. Like, Ann Coulter or Tommy Laren. He's just kind of a dick. Like, he's just kind of an obnoxious one. Um, yeah. But, anyway. Uh, Sanders, who has caucused with the Democratic Party most of his congressional career, cited the donors and businesses that often fund campaigns as part of the reason this apparent shift in parties' demographics. Of course, of course, it, it can't be that people actually agree with, with 
free trade agreements or with policies standards were considered anti-working class, it's all the donors' fault. Uh, this is something that does actually bother me about Sanders' way of thinking. It's never anyone's fault but his pre-established enemies, okay? It's never the fault of um, the fact that the people disagree with him. No, actually, everyone agrees with him. They're a silent majority, to use a term from Donnie, who just can't admit that they agree with him because those dang, dang big businesses. Mind you, when he was put up in direct competition with them, he lost twice, so, eh. But actually, that was the fault of uh, the big bad donors, and not the fault of him for just having ideas that didn't catch on with the American public. And don't get me wrong, Sanders is still incredibly successful. He's still a good cult hit. He can join the ranks of other cult hits like uh, Eugene McCarthy, Pat Buchanan, uh, who else, who else? Uh, Wesley Clark. Um, no, McGovern actually got nominated, and he didn't. Uh, John Anderson, <laughs> Ross Perot. He has a great place in history in that regard. Huey Long. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Robert Taft, I'm having fun tonight, people. And by tonight, I mean 7 in the morning. <laughs> uh, the Senator stressed that Democrats in Congress need to, quote, start thirsting out blocks and efforts to protect working people. He said that he is working on a 100-day program to help the party achieve that, particularly if it gains control over the Senate, which it almost certainly will, by the way. Uh, those protections, Sanders said, include a passing a, quote, very substantive coronavirus relief package bill, similar to the ones that Congress passed in March. The package should extend weekly $600 payments that supplement. Yeah, yeah, you guys get the point. Sanders does have a point himself when he says that the DNC is totally uh, bought out. Don't get me wrong. I want to make that clear. But I feel like he doesn't understand why that is. Because the fact is, Americans do kind of like the fact that our politicians are in bed with the elites. Because we have this idea in our minds that the elites are people who worked hard and deserve every single cent they have. And more cents that they have. And it would be great if government was taking them. Um, and this attitude is why people are against for his campaign finance reform. And don't forget, Bernie has donors, too. Microsoft was on his side. They were a big donor to him, as were several other corporations. Go to Open Secrets if you don't believe me. Yeah, he got a lot of small donations. He also got tons of big ones from pre-existing organizations that he would declare oligarchs or any other circumstance. I know Microsoft was the biggest one, but I there are others that I'm forgetting at the moment. And, of course, there are also ones that donate to the Democratic Party in general, regardless of who would be the nominee. And that nominee could have included Bernie Sanders in both 2016 and 2020. Um, but here's the last quote I'm going to read from you guys. If the Democratic Party does not, stand, does not stand firmly for working families and have the courage to take on drug companies and the insurance companies and the big money interests, shame on them. Um, personally, I think that if Bernie Sanders is so impressed by his platform, uh, he should try running for president on it and seeing where that gets him. Oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> anyway, last thing for tonight or this morning. Really a weird recording at this time. I mean, really it's not night when I'm recording, though I have recorded at night before. But God, it's 
AM. Uh, to quote um, Servo, space is warped and time is bendable. <laughs> but I want to read you guys what John Stewart said just before the 2004 presidential election between George W. Bush and John Kerry. I'm a comedian who makes fun of what I believe to be the absurdities of our government. Now, I'm not a comedian, but this quote does apply to me. Tomorrow when you go to the polls, make my life difficult. Make the next four years really hard so that every morning all we can do is come in and go, Madonna is doing the Kabbalah thing. That's how long ago 2004 was. Madonna was still a thing back then. You want to do that? I'd like that. I'm tired. I just want to say to any Americans who are listening to the Peaceful Globalist Review, I complain for a living. I complain about politics for a living. Now, if Joe Biden wins, I'm going to still be able to do that. Make no mistake. But people like me are supposed to be really boring. Okay? That's what I want you to do. Elect Biden, and this show will be as boring as possible. I want to come on here starting January 20th, 2021, and just talk in detail about nonsense statistics that you don't understand, that I don't understand, that none of us understand. Make it hard for me to do my job, because I'm a bad person. I'm a jerk. My job should be hard. Complaining about politics would be the hardest job in the world. Yet, for the past four years, it's been really easy to do. Think of all the commentators who have taken off this high, like the Casanara brothers, or Bill Mitchell, or, you know, all, all of these weird figures on both sides of the aisle. Make it so I'm boring, essentially. That is my final plea to America. That is our show, our rather short show. Good night.